0: In the early 1900s, various morality tales sought to advance the idea of eugenics. Squarely based on evolutionary belief in survival of the fittest, the eugenics movement was founded by Francis Galton, cousin to Charles Darwin. This taught that, just as a farmer controls the breeding of his livestock to enhance the quality of his herd, Promoting the childbearing of ideal people and preventing undesirable people from having children could improve the human race. One of the most popular pro-eugenics accounts was the story of Deborah Kallikak. Life Imprisonment for Feeble-Mindedness by Lita Kosner Originally published January 2018. The story of the Kalakak family supposedly went back to an ancestor code named Martin Kallikak who as a young man had a relationship with a feeble-minded barmaid that resulted in the birth of Martin Jr. Later, Martin married a worthy Puritan woman, and their union produced many productive people. But alas, the damage had been done, because Martin Jr., a drunkard and worthless individual, had many children, and those children were all morally and intellectually bankrupt. Supposedly, Deborah was a direct descendant of Martin Jr., and she was tested to be feeble-minded. And was locked away in an asylum, supposedly to keep her from immorality. Deborah Kallikak was a pseudonym for the real woman, Emma Wolverton. The problem is the story was wrong from beginning to end. The genealogy was wrong from the start. Martin and Martin Jr. were second cousins, not father and son, and were both the offspring of respectable married couples. And the testing used on Emma was invalid, as they didn't take into account her complete lack of previous schooling when she first came to the asylum. Later evaluations also tended to downplay the significant gains that she made in learning practical skills. In fact, visitors to the asylum frequently expressed astonishment that such a feeble-minded woman could present herself so well. But unfortunately... No one ever doubted the story that Emma was feeble-minded. Emma entered Vineland Training School in Vineland, New Jersey, at eight years old, and as a young woman was transferred to the women's institution across the street. She was never offered the chance to have a life of her own. She was not offered freedom until she was far too old and ill to accept it. She died in 1978 at 89 years of age, having been a victim of a cruel branch of pseudoscience. Some might wonder why Emma Wolverton is important today. It is a sad story, but she died almost 40 years ago. Today, eugenics has a bad name because the Nazis used the ideology to support exterminating Jews and other lesser races, after using it to justify murdering large numbers of mentally and physically handicapped people in the name of preventing them passing on their supposedly inferior genes. But when Emma first entered the violin Training School, it was the scientific consensus in the Western world accepted by all preeminent researchers in the field and approved by the U.S. Supreme Court. Buck v. Bell, 1927. It seemed self-evident, enough to justify the lifetime incarceration of some feeble-minded people and the permanent sterilization of tens of thousands more. We look back in horror on the atrocities committed against people whose only crime was being poor, uneducated, or otherwise disadvantaged, who were abused to advance a theory that built the careers of some of the most famous scientists of the day. But it's easy to forget that scientists still make pronouncements that affect the life and death of people today. Some ethicists say that it is more merciful to kill a child in the womb when he or she may be born disabled, and that it is better to help a troubled or ill person to commit suicide rather than to force him or her to live a life that, they arbitrarily decide, is not worth living. Someone as famous as Richard Dawkins proclaimed that the moral thing was to abort a Down Syndrome baby and try again, and Peter Singer professor of bioethics at Princeton University, infamously remarked that some animals have more moral value than some newborn babies. The only worldview that upholds the value of all human life, regardless of intelligence and ability, is the Christian worldview, because scripture teaches that all human beings are created in the image of God and are thus inherently valuable, despite that image being marred by sin. single man stands behind the greatest deception in history, Charles Darwin's ideas still penetrate every aspect of our culture, including science, religion, and education. And while much has been made of his contribution to the evolutionary hypothesis, little has been publicized about the dark side of the man himself, and how this may have impacted the quality and legitimacy of his research. The daring and compelling book, The Dark Side of Charles Darwin, Takes its readers behind the popular facade of a man revered worldwide as a scientific pioneer and unveils what kind of person Charles Darwin really was. The book reveals disturbing facts that will help you perceive Darwin firsthand through the eyes of family and friends and his own correspondence. Discern this darkly troubled man, struggling with physical and mental health issues, and uncover his views on eugenics and racism and his belief that women were less evolved than men. Thoroughly documented, the Dark Side of Charles Darwin book reveals his less-than-above-board methods of attempting to prove his so-called scientific beliefs, and his plot to murder God by challenging the then-dominant biblical worldview. Get your copy today at creation.com store. I am Joseph Darnell, and for all of us at creation.com, thanks for listening.